you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. I have a real problem with Starbucks right now. Um, you know, the church has been, been going after Starbucks for a few years. They switched to Holiday Blend. Their cups don't have all the, the, the symbols that people have been wanting for. But I have a whole different reason Starbucks is on my naughty list this year. Uh, they are our church calendar without us even knowing it. Think about this. Throughout the year, their flavors kind of tee us up for what the church should be about. Uh, throughout the year, they invite us into different parts of the world and different flavors. Come Easter time, they bring out the, the special lemonade refreshers. You can get a mango passion fruit peach tea. Delicious. Very Easter flavor, right? Uh, they go through the summer with these, um, these kind of standard offerings they bring back every year, this, this time where the church is in the season after Pentecost, where we kind of just live out our ordinary lives as the church. And then they climax, uh, about time Christ the King Sunday arrives, the pumpkin spice latte, the king of all Starbucks drinks, has a, a ribbon arrived, arose, a, whatever, it's here. Uh, and they carry us perfectly through the calendar, right? And then they fail us. They jump straight from the PSL, which is the drink, to the peppermint mocha. Hey, I like a peppermint mocha as good as anybody else. This is a drink, though, that we should long for. After you've had your pumpkin spice latte, uh, Starbucks should give us a season where we get nothing but Pike Place drip coffee with soy milk. No half and half for you. No unctuous delicious oat milk, almond milk, and espresso are gone. This should be our Advent beverages. But instead... We get a peppermint mocha and a cranberry bliss bar. They have failed us for Advent. So for, for the next four weeks, every time you go to Starbucks, I want you to order a drip coffee with soy milk. None of this cheating and experiencing the milk and honey of new creation with, with, with uh, oat milk or half and half. Uh, drink this drink and long for your peppermint mocha. I think it works. When this came to me, it was just a, it was a, great, a great picture for me of, of what the church uh, is called to in Advent versus what we experience in the world. We're in our first Sunday of Advent. Uh, Bill is waiting for me to say, Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, it is the new liturgical calendar. We are back in year A of a three-year cycle where we start our year in anticipation. We sit in this season that uh, bridges the gap between a time of flesh and a time of spirit. We stand in this moment of waiting and penitence and reflection. Uh, I was telling the group in Sunday school, these uh, candles were a creation of the Christian bookstores with the themes of hope, joy, peace, and love. And these are beautiful themes, and we should absolutely draw upon them. But traditionally, the themes of Advent are heaven, hell, death, and judgment. That's a different kind of wreath, right? 
Um, I love our beautiful blue pyramids that call us to the hope of uh, the incarnation and Mary's, uh, you know, blue tends to be our, our Mary color and invites us into the story of, of the Magnificat. Uh, but purple is, has historically been the color of Advent because it's a season of penitence, a season where we reflect on our need for God. Advent stands us in this, this time of flesh and this time of spirit, this time where we can reflect back on what Christ did for Israel and what Christ has done for us, and we can look forward to what Christ will ultimately do when he makes all things new. We stand in this season and are reminded that there aren't just two actors in the grand story of Scripture, there are three. So often we read Scripture and we say, ah, it's God and people. God is just looking at them and, and they are failing at turn after turn, but yet there's a third actor in Scripture and it is the evil one. God is never against us. It's instead fighting the effects of sin and death in us. Advent is a season where we name that there is a cosmic battle between the one who is creator and the one who seeks to destroy creation. Advent is the season where we long and hope for everything to be made right, and yet we name that it's not right. There is great hope. There is great joy and peace and love, and yet we long we desire for things to be made right. You don't have to look far to see that though Christ has defeated sin and death, sin and death still remain in our world, right? Uh, we, we, we can name the realities of what it means to be a people on this side of Easter and on this side of new creation. That, that though Christ has set us free from sin and death, it still remains in our world and is a thing to be conquered. And so what do we do? We watch and we wait. This theme is throughout scriptures. You hear it in the Old Testament reading today. You hear it in the gospel when Jesus is saying, even I don't know when the Son of Man will come back, but watch out. It's going to come like a thief in the night. And if the person knew when the thief was coming, wouldn't they watch and wait? Wouldn't they be prepared? And this is the the lesson of Paul to the church in Romans today, too. In chapter 13, beginning in verse 11. As you do all this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near, so let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around or obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ who'd, and don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. The church in Rome has just uh, undergone a pretty dramatic change. After the, uh, the Jewish Christians were driven out of Rome, they're now being allowed back in and this church is trying to figure out how to, to live together. This group of Gentile Christians who are powerful, who have uh, remained in Rome, who have built up status in society, and these Jewish Christians who are weak in terms of what the world would say is, is power, but who uh, claim the promises of Abraham and this lineage of being God's people, and they are fighting each other and fighting the world. 
Though they can't agree with how they should live together, they can all agree that the world is pretty fun around them. And Paul says, first of all, uh, watch and wait. Love for one another. Look, for the hour is at hand. The day is coming. Uh, There is less time than when we first loved God. Now, this is the tone of the whole New Testament. Uh, Any epistle you get to, their anticipation is that Jesus is coming back in their lifetime. Or, if you get to something like the book of Hebrews, Jesus has not come back in their lifetime, and they're trying to figure out what to do with this. They had no conception that the church was going to spend the next 2,000 years waiting and watching and yet it is the, exp- the uh, exhortation to us. Until that time when Christ returns, until that time when we feast at his heavenly banquet, be on guard. It wouldn't be a Pauline exhortation without a vice list. He, he gives us this list of things that we're to find ourselves in where, where our lives, instead of being lives of uh, drunkenness and partying and sex and um, uh, getting, oh, getting drunk's in there twice, I think, uh, and obscene behavior, be on guard. Um, Wesley talked about sin uh, before Christ as something that reigned in our hearts. Before the grace of God justified us and set us free, sin had its throne room. The, the evil one uh, literally dwelt in our hearts but that through God's grace, sin has uh, lost its seat of power. And yet it still remains. We uh, know that sin has been defeated, and yet it's uh, still got its remnants. We, we see this in uh, world battles. People uh, declare that it's over, and there's still the, the skirmishes on the outside. There's still the, the things to be finished. And, and we live in this moment where, where the evil one has been defeated, where God's grace is upon us, and we have been uh, offered the chance to be set free, to be made sons and daughters of the God Most High, to, to, to revel in the joy and hope that is the season, to know the love and peace of God, and yet to declare that sin is still trying to knock at our door every day, and that through the power of the Spirit, we will stay alert, we will watch, and we will wait. Every store you go into now uh, has moved on. Starbucks can't do Advent well. Nobody can. I think Lowe's has had Christmas trees out since about July 4th. Um, We will get to Christmas, and we will give Christmas its due, and we uh, we will celebrate the incarnation and what it means. But for a few weeks, we're going to long. We're going to cry out and hope. We're going to watch and wait. While we celebrate hope, joy, love, and peace, we're also going to, uh, to interrogate our hearts and say, what is the deal with sin and death and heaven and hell? We're going to, we're going to uh, ask questions about what does this mean for us as the church going forth from these walls in a world where, where peppermint mochas are at hand. How are you going to watch? How are you going to wait? How are you going to battle against sin that is knocking at your door? How are you going to give thanks for what has happened while hoping for what is to come and living right in the middle where sin remains? This is going to be the sermon for four weeks in a row, friends. 
How do you watch? And how do you wait? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, uh, in the fullness of time, you saw fit uh, to take on flesh, to become incarnate as a little baby, to live in a place and amongst a people to fulfill a hope that Israel had and to ultimately bless the world. Lord, Israel needed you. And even when you came, they didn't understand you. Lord, we need you. And we don't often understand when we have you. Lord, sin is still knocking. Death is all around. We cry out, uh, come Lord Jesus. We cry out, save us God. And as we cry out these things, Lord, and as we watch the effects of sin in this world, strengthen our hearts to stand firm as we watch and wait. Fill us with your spirit that we might be made a holy people, that we might be truly sanctified and set free in perfect love of you and of our neighbor, and that as we go out into the world, the world might see you in and through us. Lord, use the season of uh, penitence and reflection to refine our hearts uh, and to fill our spirits. We pray all this in the name of the one who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.